So I guess we're just going to jump right to the call. This is going to be a fairly quick call, mostly a lot of information and an update um, just to close out the year. Um, not a whole lot has been going on the past two months or so, um, at least here um, in, at EMD and what I'm aware of in South Carolina. Um, but I didn't want to skip this call um, and then start back up in the new year without much of a background on what happened in 2011. So we'll just kind of do a little recap and um, and open it up for discussion towards the end of the call. Um, so we do not have a guest speaker this time around. Um, so I'm just going to review the last call, National Hug Updates, South Carolina Hug Updates, Training and Resources, um, and then open discussion. So uh, the last call, we had 15 participants on the call, and um, we discussed the normal topics, the National and South Carolina um, updates. The fifth annual has conference had just been com um, had just happened, so we talked a lot about the we talked about a lot of the um, topics discussed at the Hazard Conference, interesting presentations, and where to find the conference proceedings. Um, and all of that information is in the minutes from the last call in August. We also explored how um, many people were starting to use social media outlets to increase involvement um, in their Hazardous user groups, as well as kind of getting the information out there to um, people in the community that are using HAZUS or maybe the data in HAZUS. Um, Hurricane Irene had already had just passed through um, South Carolina and the rest of the East Coast at that time period, and so we kind of asked if anyone had used HAZUS in, um, during the event. Um, I think we were the only ones here at EMD that were using it, um, at least that were on the phone call last time, and we just used the HERVAC track option in HAZUS and tracked it through its course. Um, until we realized that South Carolina was going to be, you know, fairly in the clear of things um, when it when it turned uh, northward. So um, it was a good exercise for us here at EMD, and um, it's it's events like that that kind of show us how um, how well prepared we are to run house in a in a real life event. Um, we also um, we had guest speaker. Caroline Cunningham from Atkins Global, and she showed us how um, she and her team at Atkins um, used CDMS to update the hazardous inventory um, for the disaster resistant university plans for two South Carolina um, campuses across the state. Um, they did ground surveys of every building um, at each of the five main USC campuses, and they collected a variety of data, including coordinates, number of stories, foundation types, and building types. Um, this information was entered into CDMS and then imported into HAZUS. Their HAZUS analysis was used to complete their risk assessment for the disaster universe, resistant university plans, uh, which I am looking forward to seeing here pretty soon. Um, Caroline also provided us with some guidelines and suggestions for updating um, the base data sets within HAZUS using CDMS. Uh, she recommended using CDMS to um, export HAZUS data, then use that as a template because it, it provides you with the data structure and the attributes that need to be collected, um, which is something that we do here um, at EMD when we ask uh, locals for data, we provide them with kind of that um, skeleton uh, template to use um, to update their data sets. She 
They also suggested building a team was helpful, making sure to understand the inputs and outputs and has this data. Um, that's a critical function of um, actually doing the import and um, update properly, as well as um, she found that site visits were um, fairly necessary to get a lot of the data attributes that she couldn't grab from, um, let's say, Google Earth or just over the phone or even insurance reports. Um, the site visits were very helpful for her. Um, so that pretty much wraps up the last call. Does anyone have um, anything to add or any questions on what we covered last time? All right. Um, and like I said, all of that is on our website under our minutes, our archive minutes. Um, so we're going to jump right into um, what the National Hazardous User Group, uh, user group updates are. Um, there's, it's been a little while since our last call, so they've actually had three national leadership and topic-specific calls since our August call. Um, the topic-specific calls have looked at a variety of topics, including uh, using hazards to analyze flood extent and damage um, in Minot, North Dakota. They had a big flood up there in the springtime. Um, we've actually got some people from the University of South Carolina, um, former grad students that are up there working that disaster right now. Um, they utilized hazards in Canada and the issues and discussed kind of issues that they had to overcome to convert their data into the format that, um, that could be used in the U.S.-based hazards um, program. Um, another topic was linking hazards to land use portfolio models to evaluate regional mitigation policies for natural disasters. And that was a USGS presentation. Um, and all of these presentations are available online at usehazards.com. And I'll include the URL. So if you guys are interested in any of these topics, you can either look at the podcast or um, or link to one of their presentations. Um, and the podcasts are really um, helpful. I can't do it here at the office because we don't um, have some, I don't know, it just won't let me, but I can do it at home really easily for some reason. So um, if you have any trouble, you might want to just try it when you get home uh, if your work computers won't allow you to. Um, the leadership calls have been, um, we've been talking a lot about um, how to make hazardous user groups better and um, like what are the important characteristics of a hazardous user group and what what resources do they need. Um, a lot of things we've talked about are um, when running a hazardous user group, it's really difficult for the leader to keep everyone engaged, keep the numbers up, and to kind of have um, a list of topics to talk about each time. There's not always, you know, a lot of updates in the hazard software from month to month or even quarter to quarter, but then sometimes there, you know, there's a new model release and there's a lot to talk about. So we've um, talked with Jamie a lot about maybe creating a list of topics or a list of speakers um, to give it more well-rounded um, inventory of topics. So. Um, I think that would be really helpful, and I think, Jamie, um, I think we're working towards that. Is that correct? That's true. We're working right. on it. I'm a, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it is really um, difficult trying to be creative each call. Sometimes you, you just feel like you're talking to your phone and no one's on the other end. So <laughs> um, It is very hard, and I can put it out there for you. I'm looking for someone to speak on the topic-specific call for next so if anyone on the call would like to give a presentation for that, um, I sure would appreciate it. Excellent. 
Um, yes, yeah, and anyone uh, who wants to talk online as well in February, <laughs> let me know. Um, we've also been discussing a lot of outreach methods. Um, we talk about social media a lot in the past few co um, conference calls, but it's something that's not going to go away. It's something that's only going to get uh, more important to how we function as um, agencies and governments and um, entities like the Hazardous User Group. So um, we're always just kind trying to keep on top of what outlets people are using and what they're not using and what they can use at work. Um, so if does anyone on the call are are you guys currently using social media at the office or like for Hazardous? Um, or would you use it if it was available to you? Yeah. Anyone? Okay. Well, here at EMC, um, we're just starting to get into it. We've got a public information officer um, who is always using Twitter and Facebook to put out new plans that we've written or exercises that are coming up and information like that. So I'm starting to funnel some of that has this information through to him to post on our Facebook page. Um, but the problem is is that our agency has blocked all social media except for him. So <laughs> I really have no control over what what gets up and what um, and what I can see here at the office. So that is um, a hurdle we're having to overcome. But um, I understand that there are some, um, you know, cybersecurity issues when it comes to social media for for a government agency such as ours. Um, so um, there's also been some updates for Hazus software. Um, I believe Hazus 2.1 was scheduled to be out the end of November, but I think we're looking at February now. Um, Jamie, could you talk to that? Um, that's what I understand as well. It may be the end of January, but it's more likely um, into the beginning of February. Okay, great. There was some I know that um, 2.1 will be compatible with 64-bit computers and will also use ArcGIS 10.1. Um, is there anything else that we should look for in 2.1? I don't have all the release notes yet, but as I get them, um, I can certainly post them as well as send them to you so you can send them out to the group. Okay, that would be great. Um, the other update was that FEMA has confirmed that the tsunami model will be the next model to be released in Hazus. Um, they funded the project and um, are anticipating its release sometime in 2013. Um, so that's only about a year and a half away. Well, I guess it's a year and a month away, theoretically, but who knows. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And um, I know tsunami is not a big threat here in South Carolina. Our historic tsunami is five inches. Um, that doesn't mean um, that something can't happen. But um, I think really our only uh, fear here is that the island... Um, out in the Atlantic with the volcano will slough off and fall into the Atlantic and um, create oceanfront property in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, so I think that's it for model updates. Uh, there is um, a new, well, I guess fairly new basic hazard course that's um, coming available on ESRI by the end of the year. I think it might be there. I need to double check. 
but there's going to be 12 models um, to work through for the basic hazards course. So um, you're going to be able to get that basic training. Um, it won't be the same experience as an um, in-the-classroom type course, but you'll at least have all the tools you need to work through the exercises. Um, speaking of training, um, I've got a list here of upcoming training at EMI. Um, in December the 19th to the 21st will be Hazards for Earthquake. Um, Hazards for Hurricane will be January 9th through the 12th. Um, applications um, of Hazards for Risk Assessment will be January 16th through the 19th. Hazards for Disaster Ops um, will be February 13th through the 16th. And then the Basic Hazards course, April 2nd through the 5th. Uh, you can find a more complete list on youthhazards.com or on EMI's website. Um, and I actually think that they're doing the Hazards for Floodplain Managers sometime, I think it's in April, after the Basic Hazards course. Um, and I've seen a kind of a preview of that course, and it looks really good. I think they did, uh, they've done it once already, um, but it's going to be a really cool class um, if anyone is a CFM or is interested in doing a floodplain analysis, then um, that's probably the class you want to go to. Um, they, we've talked a little bit about the um, Hazardous Higher Education Resource Consortium in the past, the HERC, um, but I think it kind of deserves another mention. Um, here at EMD, we use um, universities and academia quite a bit for to supplement um, the work that we do here. Um, we can't, we're limited in staff and budgeting, but the universities have a really um, large group of very energetic students that are um, looking for research projects. They um, are looking to get funded to go through school, school, and they're looking to kind of expand their horizon when it comes to either emergency management or GIS, and has this kind of fits that really well. Uh, we're noticing that um, students are using hazards in their thesis dissertations, and professors are just starting to use hazards in the classroom. Um, they're challenging the models and the science behind hazards. Um, so there's kind of like this whole niche that I think these hazards community is starting to kind of uh, investigate and explore a little bit more to see where um, academia fits into um, the user groups and. Um, and resources that we have available to us. Um, universities are also a great location for hosting classes. They have huge computer labs that are um, state-of-the-art, can um, run hazards um, no, with no problem. Um, so it's stuff like that that we, I think, often only look to like the state or local governments to, to host classes or maybe go up to EMI, but there's, you know, 18 universities in South Carolina or colleges that probably have a computer lab um, that's available to us if, if we wanted to host these classes. So I just encourage everyone to kind of think about how they can use the universities and academia in their um, in their endeavors with houses. Um, also, I think the HERC is looking to um, create a national list of academic and university resources. They're looking for who can host classes, who can, who's teaching hazards, and who's doing research in hazards. Um, and Jamie, you're you're trying to collect that, correct, and get a inventory? Is what? Um, that that's something that we'll try and work on in the coming year. 
Okay, great. Um, if there's anyone on the call that uses a university, I'd love to hear about it. Um, uh, I know Eric Tate is on the line. He is with um, the University of Iowa. Um, maybe he wants to talk a minute about how he can use Hazus with the university. Can I put you on? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess there's two two different lines I'm thinking about. Um, certainly, one is just more traditional research, looking at ways that um, you know Hazus can be extended and um, Analyses done at, at the university level that can give more insight into um, better uses of hazards, better ways to collect data, uh, which which um, which data collection approaches to prioritize. But certainly um, another aspect is use in the classroom. And for instance, I'm starting a, another a new class in the springtime um, centered around hazards and vulnerability, and um, I'm thinking about spending about two weeks. Um, uh, going through hazards and also assigning a project to the student so they can analyze the hazard of their choice and the location of their choice to get them uh, up, to, up to speed on, you know, basic GIS but also hazard analysis. So I think from both the research and the teaching angles, there's potential for hazards in, at the university level. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you, um, Eric, for that. Um, that's pretty well said um, on the spot, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree completely. Um, that was something that we really didn't use a whole lot when I was going through school, but, um, or at least in grad program, but I did was exposed to hazards in my undergrad program, um, and obviously that's kind of taken me along this path of natural hazard analysis and vulnerability, so it does kind of um, expand a student's rise and on, on what kind of research they can do, um, something that's accessible that they can do on their computers. Um, so I think it's a really great um, topic to, to get into in the classroom. Yeah, and as a side note for that, as a, person, as a personal plug on that, if anyone has like uh, uh, data that uh, that they can make available for use in the classroom or a particular analysis that they might want to, to, to take a look at, you know, with something that we could assign to students and uh, look a little deeper into it. So um, you can find me at the University of Iowa Department of Geography webpage if, if, you, if you're interested. Thank you. Um, might be able to just do that for you. Anyone else on the call want to talk about their um, experience with universities and hazards or um, related topics? Okay. Um, and then the final note for the national topics, um, the new hazards hot zone is out. Um, it's the October hot zone. Um, I will provide the URL to you all um, on the minutes, but it's on the youthhazards.com website. And this issue is looking at risk map initiatives, how it plays uh, a role with HAZIS, um, the HAZIS conference award winners, podcast, and the map gallery winners from the conference as well. So check that out when you get a chance. Um, Jamie, is there anything else you want me to cover as far as like national updates go? I can't think of anything. I think you did a terrific job with the overview. Oh, thank you. Um, well, let's jump right into South Carolina updates then. Um, congratulations, we made it through hurricane season. Um, still intact here in South Carolina. I know that's not the same for the rest of the nation. 
Um, he, it has just really has been kind of slow here in our office. Um, we've had to prioritize some other projects over um, over houses, but hopefully the new year we're going to hire a new mitigation person here at EMV, so um, that means I'll have a little bit more time to put towards data updates and um, getting our CDMS uh, back up and working. Um, we did teach a hazards course last month on November 7th. Um, it was hazards for emergency manager course, and um, it's we wanted to do the Hazards 101 course that we did last year, um, which went really well, but due to some technology constraints, we decided to make it a little bit more creative. We did um, a full-day Hazards course. For the first half of the day, we talked about what is Hazards, what are the basics of Hazards, um, inventory, uh, what can Hazards do, and what can't it do well. Um, kind of the pros and cons of Hazards and when to use it, when not to use it, what kind of data is good and has is what data really needs to be improved. Um, and then the second half of the day, we ran an earthquake tabletop exercise where we ran kind of through a traditional tabletop exercise where there's an earthquake and we talk about the damages that we could expect, but then we also took the emergency managers through um, a hazardous run, showed them what to do with um, in hazardous, and then when they pulled out a report or pulled out some of the data, what did that mean? How could they use it? Did it answer the questions that they needed um, to answer to make these decisions uh, for their local communities? So it was actually a really cool hands-on kind of course where we got to sit around and talk about um, the actual analysis. Um, and I think we all left with a hazardous report and kind of highlighted the information that they really liked about hazardous, had some questions. We brainstormed where else to find the data or how do you make the data work for them answer their questions. So um, I thought it went really well. Um, maybe we'll be able to do it again in the future. Um, the good thing about it was that we didn't need a whole computer lab to run the course. Um, the bad thing about it was that we didn't get to touch and feel hazards and, and really um, get them comfortable with the interface. So, um, you know, there are pros and cons, but I think for a one-day course that's probably um, as best as we can hope for. I don't think anyone on the call was there. Um, hey, Melissa, this is Scott with DHEC. I was at that training, and I was just going to oh. comment and say that I thought it was a very, very well-done course. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's and on another note, I just wanted to... Sorry? I didn't even hear you on the call. I snuck in. <laughs> I snuck in. I snuck in right at the beginning. And on another note, I just wanted to say hey to Eric Tate. Um, if Eric remembers, I'm from uh, St. Peter's Catholic School. His uh, children were there before he moved to Iowa. Oh really? <laughs> oh hello. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> just wanted to say hey, but I also wanted to comment on the course, Melissa, as well. It was very good. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm glad to have you at the You're course. welcome. Um, okay, so I think that's it for my updates in South Carolina. Um, does anyone else have any sort of um, research that they're doing with um, hazards right now? Are they working on any projects? Or do you have anything you want to um, tell the group about? Um, Rich, have you done anything um, in Hilton Head lately? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, 
we used to have two GIS folks here, and uh, I lost one of them last spring. He moved to Colorado, and they haven't let me fill that position. So I've kind of been jumping on a lot of other things, uh, acting as a one-man band kind of here. So I really haven't devoted as much time as I would have liked to to some of the hazardous projects. Yeah, I understand that completely. Um, what about, um, have you been able to go back to your office at all? Scott? Oops. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I didn't know you were addressing that oh. to me. What was the question again? Have you been able to um, use Hazus at all after no, I haven't been able to run anything. I've um, had other duties as assigned in the past month and a half, so no, I haven't had an opportunity really to run it. But I actually did have another question. You had mentioned during the training that you were going to have follow-up training, and then you said you weren't sure when. Is this going to be sometime in the spring or summer, do you think, or will you, will you know something and then post it on the website? Yeah, we don't have a date yet, but we ideally we like to do one in the spring and one in the fall. Um, the fall will always happen because um, our earthquake program sponsors it um, every year, and they do it during Earthquake Awareness Week. Um, the one in the spring okay. is something that I usually have to get a little bit more creative with hosting, and um, so I would like to do that for sure, and when I know a date, I will put it out to the Hazardous User Group. That would be great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, at this point, um, unless anyone else has any other updates, um, I was hoping to get a little bit more feedback. I just have a few questions for the group. Um, since we're winding down this year, uh, I, I was hoping to kind of, um, you know, ramp up the new year with um, new and improved hazardous com conference calls. So I'm just kind of curious what kind of topics do you guys want to hear about, and what kind of format and style do you like the most? Um, so if anyone would like to jump in, I think like formats would be just a conference call like we're having now, or a conference call with a WebEx would be another option, um, as well as always face-to-face. -face. But I know that can be difficult, especially um, when our budgets are, are pretty tight. Um, and also topics, do you guys like hazard-specific topics? Do you like um, innovative uses of hazardous kind of topics? Um, do you even like guest speakers? Um, I would just love to hear from you guys. Well, I know Anyone? I've always enjoyed the uh, the guest speakers that you've had on there, Melissa. Okay. And you know, so so far you've you know you've had a kind of a diverse uh, group that have touched on a lot of different subjects, and I've always found that to be, uh, you know, very educational. Great. Thank you. Um, anyone else? I know a lot of you guys don't participate a whole a lot. I know it's kind of hard to make the calls um, a lot of times. Well, any suggestions, even if you haven't participated in um, more than one or two, would be great. Uh, this is Eric. I'm personally, I, I like the, um, the the guest speakers. I mean, uh, it, I, what I find particularly useful about these calls is 
you know, um, updates on program level things and national level trends, FEMA conferences, that kind of thing. But you know, also being able to add in some some specific applications and problems people have encountered and successes, that's really really valuable as well. Okay, great. Yeah, I really enjoy doing success stories, um, but it's often really hard to find someone who's willing to talk about what they've done because often it's hard to explain to a group how exactly they came about their solution and how they use hazard, um, you know, to be successful. Um, so if any of you guys on the call have um, ideas or have done projects yourself, that's what my goal is, is to show success stories. Um, Jamie, do you have any suggestions for us, or have you noticed um, other trends and other groups that might be helpful for us? No, I think that the um, the guest speakers definitely work the best, and I I think one thing we have to do is try and get people who are doing some work with hazards who participate in the calls, but maybe feel a little uneasy about being a guest speaker to come forward and do it because it is hard to find people. Um, and I think that people get anxious that whatever they have to say isn't good enough somehow, and really that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. It's really difficult. Um, I mean, I, I've been on it on the national calls. I don't necessarily always want to speak up and tell people what I'm doing or, or not doing. Right. Right. Uh, who else is in the call that I can pick on? What about um, Brent? Are you still on the line? Um, Melissa, okay. this is Moses. Um, also, something that may be beneficial um, since you are um, a hazardous instructor is maybe do um, maybe like maybe like every other call, maybe do like a ten minute walkthrough on um, solving a problem, or basically just doing like uh, something real quick that you can uh, use with hazards, or maybe show uh, where they can grab the data for you know their mitigation plans and stuff. Some people forget. If they're not using hazards to find some of the data that they may need, or or you can showcase the CDMS, you know how they can um, you know enter it in and kind of update it to you know so y'all can utilize it up at the um, at the emergency management agency. So I guess maybe do a 10, 15 minute maybe brief overview of um, some steps because I get a lot of simple calls and emails from people that haven't used it in three or four months and kind of forgot, you know, simple, easy steps to go through. Um, if you can get, like, a larger group or um, on the phone call. That's a really great idea, Moses. Uh, you're right. Um, I've had, you know, a million phone calls about just installing hazards or just, right, exactly. you know, a simple thing, you know, how they get your CDMS data into hazards for, you know, the old, um, before hazards 2.0. Right. So yeah. And also um, congratulations a, about last month. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, what about anyone else on the line have um any comments? That's really great feedback, Moses. Okay. What about Margaret? She's been pretty quiet. Um I I really like Moses's idea. I think it's great because it's like a mini tutorial. And there are there are a lot of people that aren't as active as 
as you, Melissa, and then some people, like Rich said, you know, he hadn't had the time to deal with it, so, you know, maybe any type of little tutorial would be good. And um, I, I think Jamie and I have done this on the national calls. People seem to really like um, somebody doing a whole spiel that's really um, experienced with the brand-new releases when we first, you know, released them, like, initially in the first month because people want to know what all the changes are instead of just re reading the release notes. They want to know, you know, specifically, like, the things you mentioned, like the 64-bit, um, the compatibility with RGIS, that type of thing. That's been really popular to have somebody walk through the the major changes. So that might be something right. to yeah. for for your next call. Yeah, I agree. That those are really helpful calls for me too because um, it is sometimes tricky, you know, finding the technical notes and going through them, or sometimes you just really want to hear it from somebody else and have them describe exactly what that means to you. Um, so that's great, Margaret. Thank you. Well, um, if nobody else has anything to say, um, I think I can really use um, the feedback and kind of use this for next year and kind of maybe maybe do like a how-to series and just do simple tasks and we'll have a webinar and um, run through a couple things, um, you know, maybe two or three times or over the course of the year. That would be, uh, I think, really beneficial. Um, and then, as always, um, look for guest speakers because that is one of my favorite parts about the call is hearing from other people, um, especially if it can be a, a success story. Um, I know I get tired of just talking for 40 minutes straight, so um, I know you guys must be tired of listening. Um, but, yeah, so thank you guys for the feedback. Um, I think we kind of covered my questions. Um, so, if, is there any more questions or comments or um, suggestions maybe for a guest speaker for the next call? Are you going to have it in February? Yeah, the next call is Wednesday, February 8th. I moved it from the 7th, but it's going to be Wednesday, February 8th at 10 a.m. Um, and we can be flexible. If the guest speaker can't make it, then we'll um, try to work with them because I think that's important to get a guest speaker on rather than keep the call very specific time. Um, all right. Well, um, if you guys think of guest speakers um, or have topics you want me to walk through or discuss, um, just send me an email, and um, I'll definitely make sure we um, focus on that next time. I'll update the website with... Um, the next call date and um, the minutes from this week uh, or this call, and I'll send those out an email as well. And um, if you have any questions, just uh, drop me a note on an email. Thank you all for coming. And Melissa, I was I was just looking at my calendar, and uh, February 8th is uh, when the South Carolina GIS conference is going on. So I don't know how that might oh. impact different folks' ability to join the call. Okay, good call. Yep. Um, maybe I'll move it back a week then. I will um, yeah, I I'll update it in a minute the, when I look at my count. Yeah, I believe it's the February 6th through the 8th is the dates of the conference. Okay. Well, maybe I'll move it to the 9th or move it to the following week. 
Thank you for that. That's um, good information. Okay. All right. Well, then I will talk to you guys in February. Thanks so Thank much. you, Melissa. All right. Thank Bye. you. Have Bye. a good holiday. You too. Merry Christmas.